Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
thank you. Thank you for the times that we're in right now. Thank you for our awareness. Thank you for helping us to understand that we can actually point to the place in the Bible where we are currently moving through um, as citizens of heaven and blessed in a level that we can't really understand. We there's It's just not possible to, to – I just don't know how I could possibly grasp the magnitude of your glory and how blessed we are to be going through the things that we are. And we praise you, Father God, across time and space. We praise you, Father God, understanding how big the universes are, how big um, it is the whole heavens, the, the, the trillions of life forms, the um, untold numbers, definitely more than trillions of solar systems and galaxies that exist out there just in this universe alone, to understand how just how awesome everything is, how awesome it is that we would, who, you know, who, who are, is man that thou art mindful of him? to recognize the incredible nature of the blessings we have here on this earth that so many others don't have, uh, none the least of which is, our, is that, again, that supernatural anointed understanding of the things that are happening around us, the things, uh, you know, the, the uh, second seal rolling out, the third seal well in progress, uh, the things that some people would consider to be terribly and horrifically scary, such as the environmental, social, and, and governance programs or the ESG programs that are like tentacles of uh, evil octopus finding their way down to each of us as individuals, the, the threat, the continuous and never-ending threat, really, of, of imminent World War III to suggest, as many have, that we are actually in World War III now, and that it's only going to expand and become worse over time, understanding that there are many of the prophecies that we've been tracking, the big events that we've been looking for uh, to occur, uh, to have a better understanding of how close we are to our hopeful uh, imminent departure, it's, it's, it's a very exciting place to be in our lives right now. And, you know, it's just, Father, we just want to praise you. And I want to thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being the wind beneath our wings. Thank you for loving us more than we can ever, ever understand. Thank you for helping us to in our walks to be able to take those next steps, to be able to become just a little bit more holy and a little bit more... Uh, compliant and obedient to your word, Father, to spend, you know, to be communing with you in the secret place of the Most High, to understand what that actually means, to, to be truly blessed by the private time that we have to be able to spend in our, in what maybe our prayer closets. In my case, it's a prayer chair um, that I, you know, and, and we all have our places where we'd like to talk to you and spend time with you, Father. It is a glorious, absolute blessing to be who we are. It, it is a little, you know, scary from a fleshy standpoint, of course, to go through some of the change, life change dynamics that we are, we have to, uh, and in many cases with no choice whatsoever. And all change can be kind of scary, especially in times that like are occurring now on the earth that are so, they're at a level of darkness that I don't think any of us really anticipated being here for. 
Um, but yet at the same time, you've revealed mysteries in the scripture like the oil and not to harm the oil and the wine at the end of the third seal, the global financial collapse, the collapse of the petrodollar, the destruction of the West, all parts of those things that those of us who have been, again, blessed to be aware of. Blessed to understand that the collapse of the West is an intentional plan of the forces of darkness, to understand that it's not really our problem, to understand that you are our God, and we know who you are, and we know that you have us in your hand. We know, Lord Jesus, that you have us in our hand, and we pray in Jesus' name, Father, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus, please, please Bless us in such a manner that we draw in closer to you. Help us to be able to serve you. We praise you, Father, for the opportunity to be able to, to, to love on you and to thank you and to be truly grateful from the bottom of our heart to be able to look at the things that are happening all around us and realize that the outcome, to understand scriptures such as those which say that we will rise at midnight to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments, to understand what it means when your scriptures says when the inhabitants of the earth when the when the judgments um uh when when the inhabitants when the when the um when the judgments are in the world, the inhabitants of the earth will learn righteousness. Father, these are amazing. You know, Psalm one sixteen fifteen. Blessed in the in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Helping us to understand these mysteries. Helping us to understand the strange things that so many people are slowly beginning to wake up to, but don't really understand the the various videos that are appearing on so many different social media sites of people discovering that that uh, the the CEO of Pfizer is a reptilian. You know, th- th- these are things that are just amazing that we've been talking about for 12 years that you have blessed us. I, I don't know how to use it. I don't know any other word to use. Blessings. The Lord bless us and keep us. Our Father, make his face to shine upon us and be gracious upon us. Father, to lift your countenance upon each of us and give us peace. For that peace that passes all understanding is so awesome to know that we're not from here, we're not staying here, to be given an opportunity to understand that which our fellow brothers and sisters perhaps may never understand, to, 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 to be so blessed, to recognize that prayer is so utterly I mean, beyond important. I don't think words can truly describe how important prayer is. To know what the meaning of Isaiah 43:25 is when it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. Oh, Father, what a blessing to understand that we need to have contrite spirits and live to be attitudes to entreat and not to encounter to be kind considerate loving helpful and knowing that you will you'll back us up you'll be there for us you'll make sure that those of us whose hearts are right with you that desire more than anything to be your servant in these days that many of us, there are so many in this earth that are either in, 
in a situation where they're unable to to um, reach out and touch other people because they're living under such oppression, such persecution, that even the idea of them being known as a Christian would result in their immediate death, or certainly life in prison, or worse. And we're so blessed to be where we are, wherever that is, worldwide. If we're in a place where we have a dwelling place, have your supernatural and divine protection around us, we are being held in your hands, we are being held in Jesus' hands, we are able to worship you and praise you, understanding that that has so much power that it can bring down the walls of Jericho and break open and cause essentially uh, just, well, prison cells and cause amazing miracles to happen just through praise. Understanding that the things that are happening in the earth, well, shouldn't affect us. Not all that much. Not really. Knowing what to be looking for. Understanding that there's a barley harvest. Understanding that there's a wheat harvest. And praying in the name of Jesus that not a one of us could possibly fall victim to being part of the grape harvest in Revelation 14. Father, we so pray in Jesus' name that you will cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our spirit, our flesh, and our soul, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Lord Jesus, we pray for your advocacy today like never before. We pray, Father, before the courts of heaven in the name of Jesus and bind and pray in Jesus' name that you will accept and hear, incline thine ear, that we need to be able to hear, as in Isaiah thirty twenty one, that we will hear a voice in our ears behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever we turn to the left hand or whenever we turn to the right. For Father, as you know, we are coming upon a time when the juncture of our, our the juncture of our walk, the choices, the wise, the, the wise in the road, become very important. They can determine so much. And if we miss our, if our ability to hear you is hindered, if we make a critical false turn, we go the wrong way at the wrong time, that the impact, not only on our own individual lives, but possibly on the lives of, of others that we would otherwise be able to touch through your generosity and mercy, potentially change to the detriment of so many. So many of us, Father, are walking in a place in our lives right now of absolute and utter uh, uh, uncertainty. And our ability to trust that you are going to, um, for lack of a better term, force our hands when the time is right, impress upon our hearts that we must turn to the left, we must turn to the right, we need your presence in our lives, an intimate presence. Father, we want you to be everything to us, and we ask you in Jesus' name, please, fill our cups with your love. Fill us with so much love for you that we cannot stand to be separated from you. Fill us with so much love from you that we 
absolutely gushingly fall in love. We can't stand to be away from your presence. Lord Jesus, we we want to sing songs to you. We want to talk to you about all of our difficulties and concerns and life issues and be able to know that you have us covered and no matter how we may, what, what juncture, what moment in time that we might come up, come up against in our walk, what change, what um, uh, situation that we may find ourselves in, that we have the same trust that Smith Wigglesworth had when the ship tickets were not there for him and he found himself trapped in Australia, only knowing that that meant you had a special plan for him. And then shortly to bump into a, a friend that he met there, to find out that another revival was going to happen and that he could join it. Father, if we can be, if that can be, that that magnitude of trust can be uh, poured out in an anointing upon each of us as your servants. The things that we may be able to do, we may be uh, 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 empowered to do through the power of Jesus who lives within us. The magnitude of that which would could possibly be achieved by your servants, Father, that understand the t- biblical timeline that we're in right now, and we're not busy worshiping any particular presidential candidate. We're not concerned about the the awful things that are happening across the world, with the only exception that we want to pray even more for the salvation and the angelic assistance and help upon those who are suffering. Because we, through our prayers, are so powerful without even realizing it that miracles are happening across the world and lives are being saved. Eternities are being uh, handed out in in, in dreams and visions of the night. That amazing and um, unreal supernatural events are occurring in the spiritual realm. War is taking place in the heavens like it has never taken place before because of the few of us who know and understand what you, the power that you have bestowed upon us. How awesome is that? Father, please we pray in Jesus' name that our hearts will always remain contrite. Our spirits will always never have presumptuous sin within them. That we will cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of of you, Father, knowing that if we jump out of your hands, the outcome would not be good. Understanding the gravity of the negative battery of the terminal and being motivated by it and making us and and pushing us and shoving us in the right direction, drawing us into your presence, drawing us into a place where we realize that through our intimate relationship with you, our dear Father, our Abba Father, that peace can fall upon us, that we can be have assurance and trust that you are going to supernaturally watch over us, no matter what juncture we are in our walk, no matter how difficult the situation may seem, no matter how unsurmountable that mount, you know, in, in, in uh, so high that mountain is to p- be able to climb and then to realize that you've dispatched angels into our presence to carry us over the mountain. And to have the spiritual acuity to be able to feel, see, and experience it and recognize your presence in our walk. 
Father, we praise you so much and thank you because these days are astonishing. And we can only estimate based upon history, based upon the scripture, based upon testimony, based upon prophecies, dreams, visions, events that have been called out through these prophecies, dreams, and visions, and the scripture, that the world dynamics are going to get ever, ever worse. But yet we are protected by your glory. We are protected by our Father. We are hopeful that in the many that are called, maybe we'll be the few that are chosen. Not expecting it to be only us, but hopeful that it is for sure us. We praise you, Father, and we ask you if there is anything that is not in harmony with your will in our lives to reveal it to us, and if required, to chasten us. If required, to put us through the refiner's fire. If required, make us go through really horrible times. If it's required, because, Father, we would much rather suffer even more than we already have, then miss the opportunity of all eternity to be adorned as a bride on the new Jerusalem as it descends upon this earth in the not-too-distant future. And to maybe even rule and reign, to have city mansions and country mansions, to be allowed to live in Mount Zion, as well as have the beauty of a Thomas Kincaid gorgeous mansion in a place that is so beautiful, so full of color, love, impossible scenery, joys that are far beyond our ability to articulate, the presence of beings that we have never seen before, that had no idea even existed. Angels all over, a common part of our day. The ability to breathe underwater and to have conversations with animals and to have all of our pets there that we miss and love that have moved on, but they haven't. You have them there for us, don't you? Yes, you do. We know you do. And so much more. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You are unbelievably incredible. We pray, please, in Jesus' name, Father, right side, right, right side up, you know, straighten out our walks. Help us to take steps that are on that straight path that is promised us through Proverbs 3, 5, if we trust in you with all of our heart. We don't worry about what we're thinking. We not on our own understanding. We don't worry about the stuff that pops in our head. We're not going to get 
all stressed out. We're going to take it one day at a time, as we were told by you, Lord Jesus. And we are going to spend our time in prayer. We are going to do what we've been commissioned to do. We are going to recognize continuously that we are citizens of heaven and that we are not destined to stay here. And that if we are truly, truly in love with you and you will help us, Father, with your righteous right hand to walk that straight path that you would set before us, Father, that it is not such a bumpy road, that it is that it that it is blessed and anointed like it is like is promised in Psalm ninety one, lest we dash our foot against a stone, but because we've chosen to reside in the secret place of the Most High, that we look forward to the time that we can spend with you alone and have those conversations being intimate and truly desiring to be in harmony with your will. And looking upon our heart, Father, we beseech you to see that all these things are true and that we need you to reach your holy hand down to us and lift us up and straighten out our path. Lord Jesus, we thank you for advocating for us because we certainly are not worthy on our own accord. We praise you, Father. We praise you for bringing us through times that seem impossible to endure sometimes, but they aren't. They really aren't. What's wrong in the walk is our is our challenge in the flesh to understand who you really are, how much you love us, and how much it means to you when we truly desire from the bottom of our heart to be walking in righteousness and holiness that comes from you through the fear of God, purifying our spirits, purifying our walk, bringing us to a place where before the courts of heaven, Timothy 1, I'm sorry, Titus 1 verse 15 becomes each of our place amidst the darkness that we see around about us. To the pure, all things are pure. And Father, we all wish and pray and beseech you in Jesus' name to bring us to that place where to the pure, all things are pure. Where we even recognize Ecclesiastes 7.14 that when the darkness comes, it comes from you as well. When Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust, it's just a reflection of Isaiah 57.1. And precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Father, when we recognize all these things, when we look at our walk, if we would only spend just a little more time giving you praise, singing songs to you, Lord Jesus, singing songs to you, Father, lifting our, or hopefully our very holy hands by your own personal anointing, Father, before you and just basking in your presence, knowing that you're there, knowing that every step we take is ordered in your books, that you wrote about us before we even came here. How amazing is that? Forgive us, Father, as David said in Psalm 51, verse 14. Father, help us to just not even remember our past sins. Help us to come to a place where we believe with all of our heart that you have blotted out and know in our heart that you have blotted out all of our iniquity. You have blotted out all of our sin. You will not remember our sins. And we will be able to walk boldly before the beam of judgment seat in excitement and hope and starstruck really with the very 
idea of being in the presence of Jesus, perhaps never even having to go through the beam of judgment seat, perhaps never even having to, to... I mean, Father, is it possible that the first fruits barley harvest doesn't even have to go there? Is it possible that we just get taken up into Mount Zion in the presence of Jesus right away? I believe it is. And I praise you, Lord. I don't know if that was an epiphany. I don't know if that was a download. I don't know if that was a revelation of the Holy Spirit, but it came upon me as I was talking to you. Father, we praise you and we thank you for the days that we're in right now. We praise you and we thank you for for being even considered by our Father to be able to pray for people, to be able to seek you, to be able to help other people, to be able to have the jobs that we have, even when they are difficult and incredibly toxic. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, we just give you all the praise and glory and honor because you are so incredibly awesome. And Jesus, words cannot describe. Oh, Yeshua Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, our advocate, our friend. Oh, we pray, please never let go of our hands. And these days, more than ever before, we need you to be radiant from within, overwhelming us with your presence. Ani, Vadodi, Vadodi Lee. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. We praise your holy name and thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Brother Justin, for letting me know that the sound is good because uh, Sister Vera could not help. So uh, it is a blessing, and you are a blessing to me, my brother. Thank you so much. God bless you all for being here because God will bless you. God will bless you. The most powerful thing that a Christian can do is pray. The most powerful thing is amazing, and nobody teaches us that. How amazing that is. We thank you. Praise you, Father. We thank you for helping us to understand these things and to putting into execution your divine and holy will to the best of our ability. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Tonight is Friday, February the 10th, and I would tell you the Hebrew calendar thing, but like I said, the application has disappeared from my phone, so I can I can try it again. Hebrew calendar, let's see what it says. All right, and it says that it is, let me see here, uh, you know, again, oh, Jiminy Crickets, it's so, <laughs> I'm getting way too old, folks. I have to like hit like 80%, 90%, 100, 110%, 125% on my on my browser in order to be able to even read. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. February 10th, which would be praise you Jesus. Uh it looks like the 19th of Shavuot. Hallelujah. All right. And the year would be 5783. Praise you Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. All right, and tonight 
Again, it is 7.31 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together we light the Sabbath candles, or if you would prefer, the Shabbat candles. And no, you do not have to do the Sabbath on Friday nights to Saturday morning. Sorry, Seventh-day Adventists, we love you with all of our heart. You are wonderful Christians. God bless you. But no. We don't have to do that. It's so clear to us because it says so all over the scripture. We praise you for Romans 14. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand these things. And we just glorify in your name. We know that every day can be a Sabbath. We know that every day can be time that we, and it ought to be, every single day that we live. Now, our real life is in heaven. Our real life is in eternity. Our real life, ideally, will be ruling and reigning with our King Jesus over all of creation for it, forever. Forever. And to imagine the growth and the training and the requirements and the things that we will see in the places that we will be traveling through, I would believe the eternal realm of the universe is helping the Lord manage these places. And, and I, I, it's just so hard to embrace it all, and it's so awesome to imagine it. We thank you, Lord, for that. We praise you with all of our heart. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve you one more day. Let it be many more until our departure. Uh, let us serve you as you had, uh, had talked to, to Peter and said, If you love me, feed my sheep. And, Father, we pray in Jesus' name through our prayers and through our behaviors, through the opportunities that you lay in front of us to help others, because we've been blessed and so many others are suffering. We don't even recognize, we're not even being informed of all of the bad things that are happening across our all of our various countries. We don't know. We think we do, but we really don't. And oh, if we only knew how heartbreaking it would be, and thank you, Father, for recognizing how important it is for us to be able to make change and to call down heaven's angels, heaven's resources, heaven's power, and the holy fire to work on the behalf of, of, of the kingdom. And we praise you for that opportunity, Father. May you put more and more and more of your loved ones in front of us that we may be able to lift them up, edify them, and bring them to a place where they too can be productive and have talents that they can bring before our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you, Jesus, the Hebrew Kaddish. Aruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Peri Hagafen Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'ratzavanu V'shabat Kodsho V'avahu V'ratzon in Chilanu, Zikaron Lemase Vereshit. Kihu Yom Techila Lemikra Ekodesh, Zechelitiat Mitraim. Ivanu vacharta 
ואותנו קידשת מכל העמים, ושבת קודשך באהבה וברצון, הנחלתנו. ברוך אתה אדוני מקדש השבת. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Hmm. A little, be- little bit of electronic action there. <laughs> Hallelujah. For, n- for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. Or it was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little sins that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And I can promise you, every one of you, that if you really mean it, Whatever it is, ever it is, that you have in your life that you don't feel good about. If you really mean it, and you seek our Father, and you tell Him, please help me. Please. Even if it's understanding Scripture. Even if it's overcoming an addiction. Even if it's doing something that you know that you shouldn't do. Even if it's having emotionally negative feelings and you just know that they're not right. Outbursts of anger, frustrations, depression, feeling terribly sad. No matter what it is, if your heart is right and you stay with it, You keep getting on your knees and you keep talking to your father and you say, I need your help. I don't want to discourage you from expecting a miracle, but I will tell you for me, that's not how it went. And I haven't arrived, not by a long shot. But the father, our father knows my heart for sure because I have poured it out And when I say through thick and thin, let me tell you, that's an understatement. Praise God. I was given a blessing this afternoon to be able to give parts of my testimony, incredible hardships, police, people dying in my arms. I mean, just amazing things that are traumatizing. I mean, it's just, it's, it, I was, and what a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Because when we're, when we're able to, I, I call it, it's the James chapter 5. So it's James 5, 6. The first part of it says, a lot of the translations get it wrong. 
Most of them do, actually. They'll say things like, confess of your sins to one another, that ye may heal, or whatever. It's really not what it means. What the first part of James, I call it the misery loves company scripture. Okay, what it really means is that we in the body of Christ are all struggling. We all got challenges. We all worry about stuff. That's why Jesus told us, just take one, take it one day at a time. Just don't sweat it. Let me handle it. And it, it, there's something, it's that, I don't know, it's like it's hardwired in our human DNA to be anxious and to worry and to be, you know, and sometimes just to be overwhelmed with all of the negativity around us that it affects us. It's almost like um, the infectious, infectious laughter. You know, somebody starts busting out in laughter and you're in the room and it's like all of a sudden you think you find yourself laughing along with them. You don't even know what you're laughing about. And that that energy, when it's around us and we allow it to overcome us, can overcome us. It can overcome us and we can go into a state. The worst enemy of your life, I can promise you because I'm speaking from personal experience, the worst enemy of your walk, not a, not, I think that's a better way to put it, the worst enemy of your walk is if your circumstances can bring you to a place where you start to feel sorry for yourself. That is when you become the most vulnerable. And if you don't understand spiritual warfare really well, you may have a very, very, very hard time digging your way out of that. You might get stuck for a long time. And it can get worse. And it can lead one thing will lead to another. And oh my, it's just it's just an awful place to be. But if your heart is truly, if you really love our Father, and if you don't, tell him so. Be honest. Father, I don't love you as much as I ought to love you. I just know it in my heart I don't love you as much as I should. Please, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will overflow my heart with your love. Help me to fall in love with you like I can't stand to be away from you. Help me to want to walk under an open heaven with fire surrounding my prayers and praise all throughout the day. Help me, Father, to change other people's lives. Help me to, to be blessed only to serve you. Help me as your servant, Father God, that we might contend together and save the souls of people that will glorify you forevermore. Help me to fall absolutely head over heels in love with you. Sometimes, you know, Charles and Francis Hunter, in the beginning of their book, to a husband and wife divine healing team who are known worldwide, who I've met in person when I was a young boy, um, they said in the beginning of their book, I highly recommend it. It's, it's absolutely required reading for uh, entry into the, to the Johnny Baptist kindergarten. <laughs> but anyway... It's called How to Heal the Sick by Charles and Francis Hunter. It will just absolutely, you won't be able to put the book down. <laughs> you won't be able to put it down. And it's just so, it's mind-blowingly edifying. You will learn so much. And it will just, it, it, it's life-changing. It really is. And, it's, and in the beginning, they, they admit 
They felt called to do divine healing, but they admit that they laid hands. They, this is what they estimated in the, in the beginning of the book. They said they laid hands and prayed for the healing of more than 10,000 people before they saw one miracle. They admitted that they didn't love God enough, and both of them would get up in the morning and say, Father, I love you. God, I love you. Father God, I love you. 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 There's life and death in the power of the tongue. For it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. confessing those sins with the life and with that power that is in your tongue for you are dead in Christ and it is Christ who lives in you when you understand that that power that God had resides within you and you speak it forth it has power and it will change you they they just said that they just kept on telling God that they love them I love you I love you I love you I love you father I love you father I love you father and and it just changed them supernaturally and miraculously when they got deeper into their ministry work they would go into churches now i'm talking about only the anointing truly holy spirit filled tongue speaking prophesying churches that are very rare today and practically don't exist at all but i was very blessed to grow up in they would go into churches they would see Angels standing behind the pulpit, they would see, they could see them in the room, and they would point them out to people, and they would explain to them what they what they saw. It was just absolutely amazing. And imagine that they would come in that book, How to Heal the Sick, again by Charles and Francis Hunter, that they would come and tell you, hey, we've been there. Now the Lord is flying us all over the world and people are being healed from cancer, being healed from, you know, uh, muscular dystrophy, being healed from impossible blindness and, 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 you know, and they admit right in the beginning of the book, we laid hands on probably 10,000 people before we saw a single miracle. We, we didn't love God enough and we knew it. And we told them, we love you, 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 we love you. Over and over again. And boy, did they ever fall in love with God. How much do you desire to love your Father? How much do you want to be absolutely in love with Jesus? When you take communion and you look in Jesus' eyes and he says, this is my, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And you're looking at him saying that to you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And you know what he's saying. And you know what he's going to do, what he has already done for you. And you want to sing to him. You want to, because tears roll down your eyes, and you know that you're in His presence, and you can feel the awesomeness of the of the. It's uh, it's. I don't know how to explain it. There's this supernatural aura of peace that just surrounds you, and you don't you don't really even want to stop praying. You really just. It, it, it's such a. It is. 
greatly troubling indeed when you're lost in the presence of God and praying for people and praying for their salvation and praying for them to be helped by the angels and praying for God to forgive the horrible things that their husbands have done to them and praying for, you know, a breakthrough and an opening and just, and you're drawing into the Lord and you're talking to him about all of your problems and you just, you don't want to leave the secret place of the Most High. It's a good thing I'm not retired because I don't think I'd ever leave my prayer chair. <laughs> Honestly, I really just don't think I would. I would probably, you know, and if I was retired, you know, I would still do the radio show. I'd figure out a way because I love to do it. And there's, I've gone through some rough, really, really super rough patches in my life. And there were times when the devil, you know, when I wasn't protecting myself adequately with spiritual warfare prayers, like I pray on this program, to teach people how to pray. Um, because um, a lot of people pray really well, but I'll tell you folks, my life changed when the Lord led me and helped me to understand the power of using the holy fire of God in prayer, and taught me also that the, uh, that the, uh, that the two witnesses are, uh, you, you know, as it says in Galatians, there is no, neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile, but all are one in the body of Christ. Okay, right? Amen? Okay, so, so then you fast forward over to the two witnesses in Revelation 11, and you see that it's talking about the lamp, the lampstand and the olive tree. Well, what is that? That's Jew and a Gentile as one in Christ. Okay, what are they witnessing about? What? Why are there two of them? Well, they're witnessing about the Father. They're witnessing about His Son. Okay, so there's what they're witnessing about. And then you see that they're breathing fire out of their mouths. What, what, what is that all about? What's the fire for three and a half years? Doesn't that seem a little silly to you that there would be two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv for three and a half years blowing fire, like fire breathing dragons for three and a half years? Really? No, no, I don't think so. Now, I know that there's some apocrypha that suggests that that's what's going to happen. And could it be both? Maybe so. I don't know. I will say this. I don't think so. Now, I could be wrong, but I will say this for sure and absolutely for certain. That fire be, being breathed out of their mouths for three and a half years is what we do on this, on this show and others when we pray, using the holy fire of God as our weapon. For greater things than these will we do, because we, our king has gone unto the Father. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, above all that we could ask for, and all that we could even think of, according to the power that works in us. I think I can tell you via my own testimony that my number one enemy was myself. I mean, I, it's not that Zane didn't try to kill me several times. Uh, believe me, that that's true, too. But I'm just saying that, you know, there's, there's uh, I forget which pastor or preacher or whatever is well known for saying it. It's a, it's a, it goes something like this. You never want to stop praying for something because right at the time you stop, you probably stopped moments before you were going to receive your answer. Which aligns with everything. I mean, Abraham and the knife and Isaac and show, having the faith. I mean, look how he was blessed. Isaac. I mean, the whole story. You know, and God waiting to the very, very 
last nanosecond. Stop! <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't pray through. We don't have, we, you know, when, oh gosh, we're so full of stuff in our heads. And, it, and, it, and that's why I said, sometimes I think I was my worst enemy. And I, I went through some really, really rocky roads and tough times. And um, many of those have been brought back to my recollection vividly today because I was giving my uh, noteworthy part of my testimony to a friend of mine out in California over the phone. She was mesmerized, really, at least, you know, just locked on to every word because she's a great Christian. But she, you know, she was like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, it did happen for real. And, um, yeah, it was pretty mind-blowing for her, but it was horrible and traumatic to go through at the time. And it, and it jettisoned me into, I mean, then I was a double whammy attacked. I mean, right after the first major attack, which was absolutely horrible and lasted for almost an entire year, and courts and police and, oh, Jiminy Crickets, it was awful. And then, um, and then right after that, a horrible act of fraud and just the most, oh, it was like, oh, Lord Jesus. Just the, even the recollection of going through that, the the fraud event and the, um, oh, mm, oh, that was hard. That was so, so hard. That was one of the hardest things I ever went through. And all these things transpired since ni- tw- um, 2018. But now I can look back upon it and I know where my missteps were. I know where I could have done better. I know because I can, you know what the scripture says for us to examine ourselves. Amen. You know, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. So when you do that, when you're doing holy examination, holy examination is when, and this is me and I'm saying this, and if it's anointed, praise God, and if it's just me saying it because I'm doing a Johnny Baptistism, then okay, fine. Like I said, I'm a consultant, and consultants can make things up and charge you more money for it. All right, praise God, we're we're ordained to do that. <laughs> Being funny, but I'm just saying, when you look back on these things, you can see where your missteps were, and you also learn so much. It's amazing. Yes, it's horrible to go through, just like the Scripture says. Yes, chastening by the Father is hard to go through. Yes, the refiner's fire, but chastening and a refiner's fire are two completely different things. If you're going through the refiner's fire, you're not being chastened. You're just being refined. That's a good thing, although it don't feel very good when you're going through it. Okay, and and when you finally get your arms around all of these dynamics that churchianity has no idea, they have no clue whatsoever. And if you even bring them up, they'll probably try to lay hands on you and cast demons out of you. You might as well not even bother to go. It's just a waste of time. You know, it, it, you don't want to get into contentions. You don't want to get into dissensions. You don't want to get into any of that stuff in Galatians 5.19. You don't want to forfeit any of your inheritance because your inheritance almost certainly is about your – partially about your mansion, partially about whether or not you may qualify for a city mansion, which I hope and pray in Jesus' name that we all do. Um, it's – also, I believe with all of my heart, our inheritance also includes where we will end up in our ranking in the kingdom. Now, you might say, 
Now, there's rewards, too. So, actually, so you have inheritance and you have rewards. And in Galatians 5.19, a lot of people think that, that it says, and if you practice such things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so people interpret that as meaning that you're going to go to hell. That is false. That is not what Galatians 5.19 is talking about. I can promise you that. What it is talking about is inheritance and rewards. It's explaining to you that if you behave like that on a regular basis in Galatians 5.19, okay, read those words, contentions, dissensions, you know, all these things. If you practice those things, if you do them on a regular basis, what you're doing is you're forfeiting part of your inheritance. It's a, it's a merit and demerit system, okay? And so, you know, you always want to hope. So if you've done a lot of bad things in your life like me, Every extra day that you have to serve God through prayer, through intercession, through spiritual warfare, through giving to the poor, through changing people's lives, for paying for the eggs that the little old lady wants but she can't possibly afford them, touching people's lives with love because you can't help it, every single day counts so, so, so much. But you don't do it because you want those rewards. You don't do it because you're hoping for a bigger mansion. You don't do any of the things that we do, any of that, for any other reason but because you love. Because you love. Because you can't stand to see someone hurting. It even says in James, if anyone knows to do good and does not do it, to him, it is a sin. If there's anybody out there hearing my voice that raises your hand and says that that's never happened to you, I think you need to examine yourself a little better. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that not one person, not a one, particularly those who take the time on a Friday night to worship you. Now, whether it's on this program or whether it's sitting in their their own prayer chairs, being in their living room playing praise music, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that we all make the barley harvest that you look upon our hearts and you constantly hold our hand and pull us a little closer to your perfect will every day that we may glorify you. We definitely hope to be chosen. We definitely desire with all of our hearts to be chosen specially by our King Jesus and to be worthy to stand right there with him. Not because we're prideful, not because we believe we deserve it, because we know we don't, but because we desire it out of love. And we praise you for teaching us that, Father. Make each of our hearts desire to love you so much. Make each of our hearts 
desire to sing to you every morning, Jesus. Make each of our hearts have a tear drop from our eyes when we hear the words, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Understanding what that really means. Help us to please you and walk in harmony with your will. For there is no greater peace. And that peace in this troubled world is worth more than all the riches of many planets, not just this fallen one. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In Jesus' name.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Father, oh, by the way, I just want to share this with you, okay? Because it helped me an awful lot, and I want to help. The whole reason, the whole reason I do this, the whole reason, I, I just want to serve the Lord. I just love I just love the Father. I just love everything He's promised us. I am absolutely in love with everything. I just want to help. I want to touch people. I want to make them happy. I I'm always sad to hear when someone's struggling with a problem and over a longer period of time. And I I I really just rack my spirit. I just sit there and dwell on it. And sometimes I'll wait to answer their email for days because I'm just looking for the right perfect answer and I sometimes I don't have it um, but it's it's all for me it's just it always has been I it started out with this incredible passion to warn everybody of the stuff that was coming and guess what now it's actually happening 2009 420 articles in probably about two years and I'm I'm blown away by how many of them actually come true, and um, and of course there was an abundance that did not. <laughs> okay, so you know, you win some, you lose some, right? Amen. You prophesy in part. We all see it through the mirror dimly. Amen. Praise God. But the Lord brought me through such a long journey. It's amazing all the things that He taught me and showed me. I wish I could. I want to share, like for example, every single morning when I pray, the first thing I, you know, if I take communion, then I take communion and I sing to Jesus. And and it's often, um, I won't say it's every single day, but it's almost sometimes. And then... Um, you know, if I'm going through a lot of sleepless nights and stuff, sometimes I will pray a little bit differently. But I will say this. Every single morning, 
So I could just go through these prayers like I do on a lot of the prayer vigils, but I think it's more of a blessing for people to understand the journey, the how, the why, the scriptures, the testimony behind it. Because when you when you can embrace it as being real for you, because there is no favoritism in the kingdom of God. We are all part of the body. And even our even those who are underprivileged need to be loved even more by us who are more privileged. Um, for example, let me see if I can share this with you. I hope that I can. Actually, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to think I'm going to read it off of my cell phone while I'm here because I can get to it a little bit more quickly. Let me look. Oh, good. Let me just read this to you. This is so awesome. This is why I love to use multiple translations because none of them are right. All the time. Some of them hit the jackpot. But you know, you just kind of know, you know? Now, you know, so it, it always makes me very sad when a particular person says, well, I like the blankety blank, you know, and I'm like, ah, that's cool, man. You know, whatever you like, you know, God bless you, brother. Um, but I am never satisfied with only knowing a little. I want to know it all. I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't. I know that know-it-all is a bad term. I don't mean it that way. What I'm talking about is I'm so hungry for God. I'm so hungry for Jesus. I'm so hungry to understand the mysteries of the Bible. I'm so hungry to understand things that, that I've always wanted to know, but and I, nobody would ever have a question answer for him. Why did Jesus say that? Why did he, Jesus say that? Why did he turn to the multitude and say, if you don't drink of my body and eat of my body and drink of my blood? And all these people turn around and walk away and say, boy, that guy's a nutbag. Why did he do that? Well, I know why he did it. Why did Jesus say that John the Baptist uh, that that um, that uh, uh, John the Baptist uh, is 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 Elijah? If you can receive it, why did he say that? I know why. Praise God! So, you know, to to understand that we're not we don't. We're definitely not looking for any third Solomon's temple. And the vast majority of the evangelical churchianity in the United States of Babylon the Great, first, A, doesn't realize that the United States is Babylon the Great. They don't even realize it at all. Okay, they think their churches are doing wonderful things, but they're really not. And then, you know... Anyway, I don't want to get in a, on a pick, pick on church thing because I, really what I'm trying to do is show you something really cool in the scripture. Let me find it real quick. Okay, now this is from the NLT, and it's just so awesome. And it is going to be in 1 Corinthians. I'm thinking this through. 1 Corinthians probably around chapter 13. So let me see. I should be able to scroll over to it pretty quick. I'm going to try 13. Oh, 13 verse 1, is that it? Oh, yeah. Wow, all this is great. I love it. Hold on. Oh, yeah, this is it. Okay, so you've heard, you know, probably before, praise God. Now, I mean, I could sit here like we do a lot of times on this on this program and just read scriptures, which I love to do. Because, you know, the more you read them, the more you memorize them. Did you know that? It's through repetition. I can I when I was talking on the phone and giving testimony to this lady out in California that used to be a work friend of mine. Um, it was the scriptures were just like flown out of my mouth. Now sometimes I wouldn't be able to remember chapter and verse. That requires you to really you have to put an extra extra effort in to get to embed chapter and verse in there 
so when you recite it or when you repeat it or when you say it over and over again, you want to make sure you lean in on the chapter and verse. Like Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. You know, you got to lean in. Psalm, you know, Isaiah 57, 1, you know, it talks about uh, merciful men are taken away, but no one, you know, no one realizes that the righteous are taken away from evil. You know, we, we see this bomb go off and we go, oh no, how many Christians have died in that bomb? What a travesty. And God's saying, I'm happy as can be. I just brought 500 people of my home to me. See, when you understand that, then you understand to the pure, all things are pure. You know, the mysteries just kind of come all together. But speaking of the body of Christ, this is awesome. This is the NLT. And like I said, if I could find the perfect paper Bible. Now, I used to think that the uh, parallel and I have a lot of these, by the way. A parallel New King James and Amplified was the winner. I used to think that was the best combination. Now, if I if I could find one, which I can't, or I haven't been able to thus far, so my assumption is it doesn't exist, would be a paper Bible that was a parallel New King James and NLT, New Living Translation. And the only reason I found out about the NLT was because Francis Hunter was using the NLT inside the book I read, uh, How to Heal the Sick, that I just told you about. And I was like, where is she getting this verse? This is a great verse. And I started to dig around with, you know, my PC study Bible, and I was looking around. I was like, what's that? NLT? And then I started probing. Now, don't get me wrong. I found some places in the NLT that I'm not especially, I don't think does a especially good job of, but it it's okay. It's pretty good. Um, but just, let me just share this with you. Okay, so many of us have, have probably heard Paul's um, speaking about the body of Christ, you know? So, like, if we were to read, for example, the, the New King James, which is my go-to for memorizing scriptures and double-checking things, but let, let me just go right here. I've got, let me just make sure. Okay, wait a minute. That's the ESV. Let me come over here. I just want to show you this. This is really cool stuff. Okay, so new, the New King James Version is my go-to. That is my main Bible. That is the one where I, if I'm quoting a scripture, it, invariably it is being quoted from the New King James because it is, in my opinion, probably about as trustworthy as you can get for the most part in most places. However, the NLT smokes it in several other places. And now I'm just thinking I might just go ahead and read the whole New Testament all over again with just the NLT just to see for the fun of it. But I would love to have, and I could do it, it I have the equipment to do it, to put them side by side, the, the, the New King James and the NLT, and just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But I can also tell you, when you do that, it you lose harmony and flow because you're so busy going from one to the other to the other to the other. The mechanics of that and the logistics of that just messes with your head, and you don't really get as much from it that way. Now, if you're doing a comparison of a, a paragraph or a couple of scriptures, that's fine. But reading the whole New Testament, no, that wouldn't work out too well. I can tell you that from personal experience. But anyway, let me just show you this. So I'm in the New King James right now, and I'm going to go to – let's go ahead and hit up First uh, Corinthians. Um, oh, I forgot to look. Hold on a second. Is it 12? I think it's 12. 
oh, okay, I'm focusing my weary old 60, almost 61-year-old eyes. 1 Corinthians 12, it is indeed. Okay, so let me go ahead and bring that up. I'm bringing up two computerized Bibles to make this go faster and easier. Praise God. Okay, so in the in the New King James, verse 12, you know, it it's talking about the body of Christ and how we support one another, okay? So basically it says, for as the body, as is the New King James here, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, uh, of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body uh for in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, uh I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I am not of the body, uh, is is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hear? Where where would you know? Where would there be hearing? If the whole you know, and then it goes on, and then you know, verse twenty, it says, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, and you know, so you're sort of getting the flow, all right? I, hopefully. You are because this is the new king james and those members of the body which we think are less honorable on on these we bestow greater honor and and our unpresentable parts we have greater modesty okay did you just hear that part i'm going to read it again real quick just so you can get the difference and and this is verse 23 and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on these we bestow greater honor and our and and our unpresentable parts um uh have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. Okay, did you just hear that? Wait until you hear it in the new, the NLT. This is some really cool stuff. The NLT just knocks this. It's like if this was Babe Ruth hitting a baseball, it would be like bouncing off of four different baseball stadiums on its way out in the Pacific Ocean. This is awesome. NLT, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves and some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony amongst the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts of the body suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. He's describing the members of the body of Christ and how we should feel when we see someone in who's, yeah, you know, I for example, I just something just popped in my head. It must have come from the Lord, I guess. I mean, why would it have popped in my head like that? But I remember I was walking out of a public supermarket one day, a long time ago, before the pandemic and all that. And um, and uh, at the time, Publix uh, had they did this thing where. Um, you know, they would have, they would hire, they were well known for really taking good care of their employees. Publix has changed a lot lately. Everything's changed a lot lately. But at, this was many, many, many years ago. And they would, they, they would hire um, handicapped people a lot of times to help bag their groceries and walk your groceries to your car with you. Just as an act of, you know, service and kindness and all that. And I remember I was uh, – there was a, a no – what was – you know, what his ailment was, but he, was def- he definitely had a handicap. He didn't speak very well. It didn't seem like Down syndrome, but it almost seemed – I don't know. I just don't know, but I could tell he was definitely handicapped. And um, he said, you know – in kind of a choppy way, he said, you know, can I take out your groceries, you know? And I'm like, of course you can. Thank you very much. And we walked out together and um, I said, oh, that's my car over there, the big Jesus car. See the one with the big Jesus on the back of it? I call it the Jesus mobile. I was just kind of joking with him. And I said, because I'm pretty excited about Jesus coming back. And that young man looked over at me on the edge of tears, and he said, he can't come back soon enough for me. And I just cried. And I thought to myself, wow, what an amazing experience. And it was just about taking my groceries out to my car. The things that you learn when you just touch people are amazing. We are all part of the body. We don't all have it figured out. None of us are greater than another. If I receive a testimony, if something happened to me, I have an obligation as part of the body to share it. If you don't care much for that testimony and you just don't feel it's okay with you, it doesn't set well with you because for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You know, we're we're admonished in the scripture to be okay, to not get into, you know, 
unproductive, unfruitful debates about different things because it's just not fruitful. If you know if somebody wants to believe it's okay to eat meat, let them eat meat. Of course it's okay to eat meat. As a matter of fact, the scripture implies that folks that eat only vegetables are weak. That's in Romans 14. But it says if, that, if that's what they want to do, let them alone. You know, it sets us free. We're set free from all of that, all of those needless roles that were because we have Jesus. We don't have to follow. You know, there's not any such thing as a Messianic Jew, but every single one I've ever met called themselves a Messianic Jew. I always wondered about that because Jew and Gentile are made one in body Christ. <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess I'm a Messianic Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> right, hallelujah? I know, it's funny. Aren't we funny? We're, we are a peculiar people. We really are. And that's an understatement. We are very peculiar. But anyway, to continue with what I was saying, so if I take communion, which I do frequently, sometimes many days in a row, you know, that's what I do. Then the part of the program, the prayer vigil where we pray for the lost and we lift, lift, you know, it's a symbolic thing. We lift up a golden bowl of forgiveness and we pray for the forgiveness, for God to pour out forgiveness upon the land. Ezekiel 22:30, you know, standing in the gap. You know, we go through, you know, I always hope in my heart that somehow I'm able to impart some part of that prayer practice into other people's lives. Because all I can tell you is in my testimony, God has confirmed it for me. God was the one. It was our Father that told me to go fetch this golden bowl in the first place. I really have a golden bowl in my hand right now. I put fresh water in. The Lord imparted upon me that I should put fresh water in it every morning. And then I anoint it with the actual bona fide, genuine recipe of the holy oil from the book of Exodus that the priests use to anoint the vessels in the tabernacle. I have that exact mixture. I get it from uh, Lindsay Pierce. Uh, she's at, uh, it's it's Lion of Judah Oil, but it's really, the website is L-O-J-O-I-L.com. So it's all abbreviated, Lion of Judah, L-O-J-O-I-L.com. And her name's Lindsay. Anyway, um, you can she sell. It's tricky to use her website because it doesn't work like our brains are wired. It's a little different. It's you got to pick out the bottle that you want her to put the oil in, and when you pick out the bottle, after that, then you can choose with a drop-down window what scent you want to use. And she has different names for different scents and everything, and she sends the oil and prays over it, anoints the oil, and then sends it to your house, which is really cool. She's very spiritual. Now, there's this thing that she doesn't publish straight up, because she she's very highly, highly respectful and fears God, and she doesn't want you know people to misuse because you're admonished in the scripture that, that the Exodus oil is special, very special. And it's not to be used inappropriately. And, she, of course, she guards that. And But you can pick out a bottle, drop down the, and say unscented. I think you just select unscented, I believe. Um, and then... Uh, 
you're going to have to send her an email, which I think is on her website. I'm going to see if she's there right now. Hello, J-O-I-L.com. Let's see if she's still up and running. Yeah, she's a oh, she plays music automatically. I think it's going to burst into some music, but I don't think I have the the switch uh flipped, so it's not coming over the mic, which is good. But anyway, um let's see. Okay. So, all right. She talks about her, she says our fragrances and then bottles of oil. And she has some other things, you know. She talks about how to anoint and all that kind of thing and prayers, and it's really pretty cool. And you go to Bottles of Oil, you click that link. It's at the tippity top. It's at the top row. And then when you scroll down, you can see all these different kinds of bottles. Many of them I have already, by the way. I, I kind of go a little hog wild on holy oil, frankly. But um, you find, like, like, for example, I'm just kind of looking for one that I – like I, I have the cross bottle at the bottom. I have that one. Oh, she's got back the crown bottle. I love that one. That's my favorite one. It holds a lot of oil. And um, and then you drop down. She says fragrance. So right there you're looking at – so you can say add to – so before you click add to cart, what you have to do is drop down the fragrance, the little fragrance window. And it has, then she has all these different fragrances. Man, I can't talk tonight. It's been a long day. Fragrances in a list. Song of Solomon, Warrior, uh, Holy Wind, His Majesty, you know, Garden of Eden, um, all that kind of stuff. Now, there's one there that you can select called Unscented. If you select the Unscented, then you're going to have to follow it up I, and I'm going to try this. Let me just see what happens. Praise God. This is cool. I I just, I love the Lord. I love to talk about the Lord. I love to, I'm going to tell you some cool thing, cool some really super cool things in a second here. You've heard me already pray this way, but I'm going to share it with you just because. All right? Because I love you. And I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. I'm just sitting in a, you know, in the Golden JIB studios here in lovely Tampa, Florida. Uh, but anyway... Um, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to select unscented. I'm going to say add to cart. Okay. Crown bottle. Um, now I think if I go to checkout, it's just going to sell me the bottle with unscented oil. I'm almost, yeah, because I have the ability to click PayPal and check out right away, or I can do a regular che- uh, checkout. So I don't want to do that because I don't want to buy a bottle of unscented oil. But there's got to be a way. I forget. I have her email. But but you got to let her know that you want the Exodus oil put in that bottle. Um, now, the thing is, I don't know whether or not you get – I forget whether or not – I'm just trying to think. No, I can't. Okay. I'm going to see if there's a place on her website where she has – like contact us kind of thing. Hold on. Oh, yeah, about contact us. It's at the top. All right, let's see if she has. All right, so she should have somewhere on here an email, I would like to believe. Yes, on the contact information, she has her telephone number. Wow, and an email 
And it's info at L-O-J-O-I-L dot com. And what you would do is you would put that bottle with unscented oil in your cart and you would pay for it. And then you would send an email to info at L-O-J-O-I-L dot com on the contact page. It's at the very bottom. And you'd say, Lindsay, would would it be possible, would you please uh, fill my the bottle that I just purchased, you know, tell her what you got and, you know, you can tell her, you know, whatever details you have, like maybe there's an invoice number or something you can give her, but just say, could you please put the Exodus oil blend in that bottle for me? And she, she'll, I'm pretty sure she'll do it for you. And, um, she, I know she does it for me, but you know, she knows me, but anyway, um, because there are some pretty unscrupulous, scrupulous places out there that are selling, you know, snake oil. <laughs> yeah, it's not legit. Okay, and and I've I've fallen for some of those tricks over the years, and uh, and then I then the Lord brought me my attention to to uh, Sister Lindsay, and we had had her on the program and everything. So um, now I know, you know, when 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 it's it's anointed. You understand what I'm saying? I know that it's not cursed by some Satanist in South Africa that's trying to trick you into buying his little products so he can, you know, that kind of thing. I don't want anything to do with any of that. So that's why I always go here. Now, when I pray, so I'm sharing testimony. So when I pray in the morning, um, I always start with repentance. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will cleanse and totally purify my heart, my soul, my mind, my spirit, my flesh, my record-keeping books in heaven, and my robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood, Lord Jesus. And Father, purge it with your holy fire. Father, I'm trying to think of anything that I've done wrong. I think maybe I might have gotten upset and had an outburst of anger yesterday, and, and I'm I'm just confessing it to you. I don't want to do it anymore. I had a really bad day. I'm not making up excuses, but I am asking for your help. Please cleanse me of all unrighteousness as you promised. I will do everything I can and work very hard to not do it again. But I definitely need your help, Father. I need your help. I really am asking you, please, help your servant. Help Help your servant. I want to serve you. I want to be full of your righteousness and holiness. I want to see you. I want to ascend the holy hill. I want to stand in your presence in the throne room. Father, please, please help me. Please help me get better. Please help me not to do that. Please help me not to get upset. Please, Lord, please. Please look upon my heart. Please, please. After I tell the truth, after I talk to Jesus, thank you, Lord. I know that you advocated for me. I know you've been sticking up for me, and I know that I don't deserve it. I just want to thank you. And then I'll, I'll, I do sing that song, you know, the wind beneath my wings thing. You know, have, I, t- I look right at him. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees. I have already anointed myself with another, not, not, not the Exodus oil. I use other uh, oils for that. And um, I, you know, I like right now. I'm going to take my the oil that I have sitting on my desk here, right in front of me. In the name of the Father, I touch the top of my forehead. In the name of the Son, touch myself on the 
one side of my neck and the Holy Spirit. You make you're making like a cross. And I and you're probably thinking, Oh, that sounds very Catholic Catholic y to me. No, no, it's right out of the Bible. It's the concept of making a cross on yourself when you're anointing yourself with oil is is a um is symbolically linked directly to the um three days of darkness that the Israelites had to go through uh, just prior to their exodus. Okay, so uh, they had to take the lamb's blood, and um, they had to take blood blood of a lamb. Okay, so there's a direct reference to Jesus. And then they would have to, to put, a, you know, a cross. They put a cross over the top of their doors. So Okay, so they put a dab on the left and on the tippity top of the door panel and then on the right of the door panel. So they made that shape, like shape of a cross. It's all about Jesus. The whole Old Testament is all about Jesus. So, you know, it's all there, but you have to be able to receive it. It has to become part of you and who you are and how much you love God, how much you love the Lord. So I'm all, I always anoint myself in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then I hold my hand on my forehead where I just anointed myself, and I say, in the name of Jesus, I consecrate myself to the complete ownership of the Lord Jesus Christ. I consecrate myself, Father, into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you do, I accept it. If I need chastens, chasten me. If I need refined, refine me. If I am out of alignment with your holy will, help me to find my way back. Lord, I need you to lift your hand. Help me. All right, now, after I consecrate myself to the Lord, to his hands, that's when it's time for the spiritual warfare to kick in. All right, I don't want to go into the rest of my morning prayers without supernatural protection. In fact, I believe the single most important part of prayer time is supernatural holy fire protection. Now, I'm just going to say as best as I know how without going through the whole testimony that there was a period of my life where I was under some unbelievable attack by witch covens, and I knew it. And I knew why, too. And they wanted me dead. And boy, the stuff I was going through was was really bad. Really, really hard part of my life. The fact that I was able to even keep my job during while all this stuff was happening is a miracle in and of itself, let alone maintain any semblance of sanity, which was not easy. Now, I knew I was under attack from witch covens, no doubt about it. I knew it. It's. I knew the if, ends, and buts, the hows, the whys, and all the things that led up to it. I, I, I understand it because I've read so many books. I've studied so much material. I've had thousands of radio shows. I've had Douglas Riggs, who's now in heaven. Uh, I've had, uh, you know, Danny Duvall, who's now, you know, still doing the bride ministry staying, which is awesome. I've had him on several times. I've had on Dr. Preston Bailey. Um, they, they're three of the best uh, satanic ritual abuse, disassociative identity disorder uh, d- uh, deliverance pastors in the world. Now there's others, and I found out one 
one radio show we had Pastor Douglas Riggs on, and he mentioned Canaan Ministries. Now, I, I absorb this stuff like a sponge. I really do. Because anything that has to do with God, especially if it has to do with mysteries and cosmology, which is understanding outer space, because that's all God's glory. That's the glory of God. We're looking When we're looking in those space telescopes, we're looking at God's glory. We're looking at the eternal realm. We're looking at where we're going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus. That is some cool stuff. So, you know, I always like, I need, I don't want, the demons need to be damned, okay? As far as I'm concerned, Jesus was being way too nice to the demons. You know, they were like, have you come to punish us before our time? Well, then later Jesus said, I, you know, greater things will all of you do because I'm going under the Father. And I'm like saying, well, you know, if I was Jesus, I wouldn't have cut those demons a break, cast them in the swine or whatever. You know, but there was no doubt a reason for that. And, and uh, you know, I don't understand or pretend to understand. And you know what? It's not a mystery that I've ever really cared much about. So I never pursued it. However, I don't think we're bound by that. I don't think, you know, that's, that's what churchianity does. Churchianity crushes your belief system down in this context-based pathetic analysis of the Word of God and their their they believe that if they can't find, you know, you'll tell them something like, hey, you know, we existed before the earth was created. And they'll start flipping through their Bible. Show, them, show me that in my King James. Show me that in my King James. And, flip, 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 flip. and then if you tell them something that they don't want to believe, and this actually happened to me, that if you have unforgiveness in your heart, even as a Christian, you're going to be cast into hellfire. And, and, Instantly, my relative was like, grabbed her Bible, put on her glasses, flip into her Bible. I told her exactly what verse to look at. She goes right to it. And then the first thing she started to do is, I got to look at the context. I got to look at the context. And I'm like, oh, no wonder you don't understand. They're always looking for a way to get out of the obvious. Oh, we got to have dispensationalism because Jesus was only talking to the Jews. You know, that doesn't count for us because we are Christians and it's the cross. And, and so they separate everything and say Jesus wasn't talking to us. None of that stuff applies to us. And, and you know, it was just the Jews. And, and, you know, and I'm like, who told you that? Where did you get that idea? But I don't say it. That's what I'm thinking. So after I consecrate myself with the will, and I talk to the Lord, and I repent for anything, and I try to repent all day long, if I slip up, I get angry, I say something, I get frustrated, whatever the case is, because some of us are going through some challenging times, <laughs> okay, so, and I've gone through some hellaciously challenging times in years gone by, but it's my my spiritual sensors are always probing my heart probing 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 and if i slip up i mean instantaneously i am confessing father i am sorry i just said that i am so sorry please forgive me father i don't want to upset you i don't please in the name of jesus please forgive me i confess immediately i want righteousness to be restored to me because God is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we got to confess. So I make sure I'm all confessed up. 
and as pure as the Lord would allow me to be through his own personal anointing and my consecrating myself with the holy oil. And then I know I need protection. So I start out like this. Now, I want to let you know this. There are believers out there that are, you know, they're aspiring to become better and better at spiritual warfare and things like that. And that's fine. Some of them have gotten a hold of, and there's stuff out there. I, I can, I promise you, I have the Canaan Ministries from South Africa, their S-R-A-D-I-D handbook, which has like 60 pages of prayers and things of all sorts of different kinds of things. Some people get like really into the this notion that they got to like name everything. And they'll be like, you know, I come against you, Jezebel, and I come against you, this, that, and the other thing. I come against you, Mickey Mouse. I come against you, Donald Duck. I come against you, this, and I come against you, that. And I come against and they go on and 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 on. And it's like, I, you know, if, the, if, if they're sharing it with me, then I just, you know, I don't say anything. That's fine. That's their thing. Praise God, you know. Hallelujah. At least they're trying. I don't do, get, I just don't think there's an awful lot of value in that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I have my own reasons, and it's just my own personal testimony. I just believe to be as direct as I need to be. Just direct. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. To me, that pretty much covers the whole deal. I don't need to mention every, the name of every demon in the, in the book of demons. <laughs> okay? It's not necessary. Especially when you say, and anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. At the moment that they set their wills against me, I decree the holy fire of God to shoot down from the heavens and burn them into screaming agony, sticking to them and making them an example of them, a public spectacle of them, in accordance with Colossians 2.15, which says that, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, uh, you know, uh, Disarmed principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them. So again, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, any any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit. Okay, you know why live or dead? Because there are live living people that serve. Satan, and they astral project into the spiritual realm, and they work with the demons to hinder our prayers, and they do worse, a lot worse. Okay, so and then you've got the dead human spirits, which are you know arguably again, um, uh, the you know those who are hellish in their nature and were cursed or condemned, and ultimately can potentially also be part of you know attacks against you. So I just tossed that in there. I got that from a book uh, or a prayer book booklet. Um, but, um, but then, you know, but then I, then I just toss in the catch all, you know, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that the moment that you set your will against me, because that's what they do. That's what they do. They light funky candles. They put pentagrams on the ground. They in, uh, do the Uga Chaga thing, you know, where they read incantations out of what's called grimoires. These are satanic, uh, evil things. 
and they say them over and over again, and they chant them over and over again, and then they set their wills against you. They think about Johnny Baptist, die, Johnny Baptist, Uga Chaka, die, Johnny Baptist, you know, and then they astral project, don't, don't get me going on that noise. I don't care about it, and I don't, you know, I know people can do it, and I don't, it, you know, I, I understand the concept, but I just don't really care much about it. I know they're there. I know they're trying to kill me. I know they want me dead. I know they've personally, I've, I've had personal experiences with attempts on my life, and I've been there, done that. All I want them to do is suffer. I want them to feel the horrific pain of the fire of God striking them directly, making an example of them in front of all the other demonic entities so that they know they can't mess with me. That's how I, 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 every single morning after I repent, after I talk to the Lord, after I sing to Jesus, if I take communion, I get on my knees and I, am, I have a hanky because I know I'm going to end up crying. And I say, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, any worker of Satan, any live or dead human spirit, any member of a witch coven, anything evil, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that at the moment that you set your will against me, I declare the holy fire of God to shoot down from the heavens and the burn you into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof and setting an example in front of all the other demonic entities. In Jesus' name. I want them to burn by the holy fire of God. And I believe with all of my heart, I know as a fact, that the fire that is breathed out of the two witnesses for three and a half years is the holy fire of God. It's us commanding the holy fire of God. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that we're going to definitely be here. Okay, you understand? I, I won't get into all that. I'm just saying that that's what that is. That's a metaphor for Christians using the holy fire of God to wreak havoc on the enemy. So why do we wait? <laughs> we don't need to wait for that time. And I will tell you this, as part of my and I and I continue on. I you know, I, I you know, I know that they use fiery darts, I know that they use spiritual and earthly weapons. Um and I just continue on. I'm like, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ, if there is a fiery dart, an earthly weapon, uh, a, a spiritual weapon, a, uh, a demonic contract or agreement against me, a portal that's been opened, I declare the fire of God to burn it and vaporize it in Jesus' name. You know, I will tell you this as part of my testimony. When I was under heavy, heavy attack by some local witch covens, I suspect I know right about where they are located, too. <clears throat> but really don't want anything to do with them, quite frankly. Although I would love to see them get struck by the holy fire of God with my spiritual eyes. Um, because I think, they, you know, they, it's not about... Here's the thing. If we don't take a an offensive, you know, the sword of the spirit, an offensive stand against these entities then they're just going to keep on attacking us. That's what I was going through. Now, if you're no problem for the devil, and you're just kind of ho dee do going through life, and everything is just hunky-dory, well, then you know what? You're probably not going to get attacked by a witch coven. But when you're stirring things up, when you're making the devil real mad, Satan goes to these witch coven meetings. 
He actually appears in the room. He sits in the room. Believe it or not, when Satan appears on earth in the form of a man, he looks very, very much like the um, the man that plays the part in the movie that was or the TV series on Fox called Lucifer. He's actually an incredibly good-looking man, but I can tell you that that is a shapeshift. That ain't how he really looks. And the reason I know that is because of books that I've read. Um, one woman in particular, and he came to set the tree. Her name was Elena, and she, Elaine, and she Elaine, and she was a mother goddess. She was bequeathed to Satan while she was still in the womb. These folks, they actually interbreed, and they don't go to hospitals to have their babies because they want, don't want the babies on record. And then they bequeath them. They do ugachaga, weird satanic weirdness, and then they like, you know give the baby to Satan so that that baby will grow up and serve Satan for the rest of their lives. And all all this stuff is covered in the book He Came to Set the Captives Free by Rebecca M. Brown, M.D., another mandatory read, believe me, if you want to have any idea what you're doing. All right, and um, anyway, Since I was blessed, and I'll just be general in my reference, since I was blessed with the radio show, I was blessed with knowing so many incredibly talented servants of God specializing in the absolute worst case scenario, satanic ritual abuse, uh, multiple personality disorder, which they call DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, which all the doctors treat as schizophrenia. Um, I knew so much. And so I was able to know that I was under attack. I knew it. I knew it. And I knew why. And I knew from where. I mean, what part of this area. Okay. Now, do I know the exact building? No. And would I want to go there? Absolutely not. Nothing to do with that noise. But do I want to use the holy fire? Oh, let me tell you something, folks. I went through that book from Canaan Ministries in South Africa. Excuse me. And um and it's loaded with all sorts of different prayers. And I thought, you know, I don't need all these. I just don't need them. And I'm I don't really even know the turning point. But I will tell you this that not one of the prayers in the Canaan prayer book mentioned anything about the Holy Fire God. And I don't know. I just kind of I, I'm stuttering because I really can't, I don't even know how the Lord imparted that upon me. I just knew it. I just knew it. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And I knew it. I mean, I just knew it, knew it, knew it, knew it. And and so then when I shifted over to using the holy fire of God as my weapon against the darkness, proactively, daily, when I started using the holy fire of God and praying like that, the witch coven problem went away surprisingly fast. As a matter of fact, so many of my problems went away. It was rather amazing, really amazing. And it really actually simplified the prayers that I needed to pray for protection every day. 
And I always ask, I, I, I just say, Father, in Jesus' name, please assign, you know, for lack of a better term, I just say a platoon of warrior angels. Assign me a platoon of warrior angels on a search and destroy mission. Send them out in the name of Jesus to ferret out all attempts to come against me, to ferret out any portals that have been opened up, to make good eyes blind, good ears deaf, to listen in on conversations, to protect me from afar, from indirect attacks that I am unaware of. Send them out on a search and destroy mission, Father. Place two eight-foot-tall warrior angels at my front door. Have the holy fire surround my car wherever I go. Allow me to operate under open heavens in the mighty name of Jesus. Surround my prayers with your holy fire in the name of Jesus Christ. Surround my praise with your holy fire in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's how I pray. That's just the beginning. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm, I'm for real. That's just the beginning, and that's when, and right after that is when I start to pray for all the people that I pray for every morning, which includes you. Yep. Amen. I. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, if there is any listener of the radio show that has ever so much as mentioned me by name in prayer, I pray down a tenfold blessing to anoint them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Every single listener of the radio show, past, present, and future, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that their souls will be saved, that you will forgive them of their sins, that you will blot out all of their transgressions, and that they will be in heaven with us all. In Jesus' name, I pray for the listeners of this program. Every single time I get on my knees. And I will tell you, folks, I take it very seriously. And I always feel real bad. Like I just got an email. I'll tell you this. I just got an email from, from somebody. I don't know her. And I don't know how she even knows me. I mean, really, I don't come. I mean, reality is there's thousands of people that listen to me, but I don't know who they are. Um, you know, even though I give out my email a lot of times, I get, you know, I've even had some people I would like timidly email me, and they would be like, "Hi, my name is um, Cindy, and um, uh, I've been listening to your program for over ten years, and this is the first time I ever wrote you." And um, you know, because I, I guess you know they're shy or something. I don't know. Which is okay. I mean, I'm kind of shy. People who <laughs> there's an old saying. There's kind of a saying amongst people who do radio and TV and things like that. Is that you know the people who do radio are really not as extroverted as they might sound on the radio. In fact, it's kind of like the opposite. They. I remember the first time that I did anything on any radio show, on other people's radio shows. I was so nervous. I thought I was going to, you know, need some depends. <laughs> I mean, it was like writing scripts and stuff of what I was going to say in advance. I'd spend the whole night before, like, writing two legal tablets full of stuff because I just needed to have it all there in front of me because I was so nervous. I knew I just – and it never it, – it, it just, you know, never never needed it. And then I realized – Wow, I've come to a place in my walk with the Lord where I'm just like, you just give me a mic and it's like, I don't need, I don't ever, you know, you know, like a lot of, I'm not saying yet, yes, no, maybe this is, I'm not saying good, bad or ugly or indifferent. This is not a, 
a ding. It's not intended to be negative. I'm just saying that, for example, in my PC study Bible, there's entire giant books of sermons. And you can go in and pick a topic, and it'll give you a sermon to to give at a pulpit. Right? I realized that the Lord had brought me to a place in my walk where I could just grab a microphone and start talking, and I could go on for hours. My mom even said when I was a kid, boy, you got the gift of gab if you got anything. (laughs) And it was my mother when I was 10 years old that gave – she had a vivid dream that was given to her by the Lord. I am telling the truth before God praise you, Jesus. My mom got – she had this vi- she knew it was a dream from the lord because of how incredibly vivid it was and when and she when she woke up she wrote it all down well then she she was like what does this mean so we were going to a very anointed church at the time i've heard that you know since then it's nothing like it used to be no surprise there and um but at the time incredibly anointed and um there was a man by the name of Gerald Durstein, and he had a ministry up and down the east coast of the United States. He is, it was based out of Florida, but he would go up to Pennsylvania a lot, and I guess different places as well. Um, but anyway, my mom, he, he was visiting Grace Chapel, and um, which is where all the anointings and Charles and Francis Hunter went, and where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the age of nine, and it knocked me out. My mom had to keep me out of school for three days. Um, the... Um, and Gerald Durstein just happened to be there, and so my mom set, felt led to go ask him. And so she goes over and hands him this piece of paper that she, you know, that she wrote down the dream. She hands it to Gerald Durstein, and she says, um, "Pastor, Pastor Gerald, would you mind? The Lord gave me this dream, and I wrote it down on this piece of paper. Would Would you please pray over this for me and just see if the Lord gives you any kind of idea or?" imparts anything upon your heart about what what this might mean and he goes no problem absolutely i will god bless you and he took it and he went and did what he always does which is go from church to church and stuff and then go back down to his own church in florida and stuff but eventually he came back and he found my mom and he said the lord did in fact give me the interpretation of the stream and he told her, and she, I don't know how, I don't know. All I can tell you is what the end, the net end result was. So I I was 10 years old, it's 1972, and she sat me down in the kitchen of our little bitty house in 39 Runyon Road, Hummelstown, Pennsylvania, and she said, Johnny, I got to tell you something. I had a dream. And I wrote it down because I didn't know what it meant from the Lord. I gave it to Gerald Durstein. He interpreted it for me. And I'm going to tell you what the interpretation was. 72. Now get this. This same mom of mine was also a believer that the Great Tribulation was going like right upon us. So I, I always muse when I think back upon it because 
it was like almost like weird that she gave me the interpretation of the dream because the interpretation of the dream actually nullified this idea in her head that 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 the great tribulation and famine and everything was a, was imminently upon us. She ultimately moved our family out by pestering my dad until his hair probably fell out. I don't remember, but I know she she could be quite a pest. And my dad ended up buying a house two miles north of Hummelstown out in the country with seven acres of land. And then he turned into like like that movie uh, Witness with Harrison Ford in it, <laughs> like an Amish guy. And he would come down into my bedroom at like four o'clock in the morning with a with a light, like like right in the it's like a scene out of the movie Witness, you know, when when Harrison Ford was hiding on the Amish farm. And uh, it was just like that. And he would come down. He'd have a straw hat on the whole deal, and he'd go, he'd go. Time to pick the beans. Time to pick the beans. And it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, you know, just a regular kid. You know, I'm like, oh, Dad. You know, but I got to cut all the heads of the chickens off. You tie their feet, you know, to try to keep them from jumping around too much, especially because it was on the side of a hill. And they would jump, man. With their heads cut off, they would just like jump, jump, jump. And next thing you know, you're like having to run down the hill like, you know, like a half an acre down the hill to go get them. If you don't tie their feet, they go running around. It's amazing, weird. But anyway, um, my mom got the interpretation from Gerald. She sat me down in that little house, and she said, this is the interpretation of the dream. You are going to become a well-known end times preacher, and you are going to be unmarried. And I'm a 10-year-old boy, you know? So I'm pretty sure I said, oh, well, okay, Mom, thanks. You mind if I go out and shoot BB gun? (laughs) You know what what I mean? Because I'm 10 years old. But anyway, you know, I kind of forgot about all that. I really did. And I was, you know, unfortunately, I bought off on the lie of once saved, always saved. And I, once I got into the hormonal stages of adolescence, um, you know, I pretty quickly backslid. Um, Not funny, but unfortunately, that's just kind of how it goes for a lot of people. And, um, you know, three three wives later, (laughs) okay, and you're like, three wives? What are you talking about? And you might say, well, what's the matter with you, man? Well, no, I can give you exact reasons why each one of them failed. And I can tell you for sure that not a one of them was my fault. Okay? So was that God's way of making sure that at the point that he decided to hand me the microphone (laughs) that I was going to be single? I don't know. I really don't understand it all. But I do know that through a series of supernatural, amazing events laced and, uh, you know, inclusive of some highly traumatic events, without getting into all the details, the Lord, excuse me, changed me, and I literally had this moment, and I ran to him with all of my might. And that's when the journey began. I got a whiteboard, a large one, 
put it on an easel in my office, drew a Venn diagram for those of you who know what they are. And by that time, the Lord started to reveal the whole concept of the Illuminati, whole bunch of stuff. And I started to research and go into all these different areas of research because I wanted to find out why. And that started the journey. I wanted to know why the Sumerians, 6,000 years before Jesus was born, were drawing spaceships on clay tablets and burying them under the ground. I wanted to know why there was this group called the Illuminati and what was their master plan and who, who are they and what's that all about? I wanted to know why. I wanted to know why for everything. So I drew a Venn diagram because that's what you draw scientifically in order to find the, the intersection point of all of them. I wanted to know what was common to all of them. And that was a big journey. And then the more I learned and the more interconnected I saw how everything was, I even came to a point where when I studied And it's been a lot of time studying about, you know, this particular individual, but I read a number of white papers about him. I read a lot of material about what he did and all that kind of stuff. But it was the author of the uh, Masonic Bible known as – I'm trying to think of what the name is. I don't care that I forgot it for a second. That's okay. But anyway, um, the guy's name was Albert Pike, and he was a really evil guy. And oh, get this, guys like Aleister Crowley and, and Albert Pike and stuff, these founding Satanists and stuff, you know, you want to know who they always end up working for? The three-letter agencies, like MI6, the CIA. <laughs> these are some seriously evil agencies, folks. So when we're hearing... In, the, in this country about, oh, the FBI breaking down people's houses and going after Marjorie Taylor Greene and all that kind of stuff. No, this is, they've been doing this forever. They're evil. They are downright evil. doesn't mean that every person in the FBI is evil. That's ridiculous. But they have black ops groups, and they do evil things, really evil. So anyway, um, I just wanted to share with you uh, that testimony share with you how I open my prayers. I, What helps me to remember to pray for different people, and you may have this challenge as well, but I look at them in my, you know, when I close my eyes and I'm praying for all the different people that I, you know, have been praying for for a long time. Now, I did, I do have a list of people that I gathered over many, many, many years that got so huge that I can't remember all of the names, but I I have a way that I, you know, Father, I'm praying for the people that are on the 400 list, and I go over, I mention certain names of people that I know are unsaved, so I'm going after the unsaved first, and then the people that I knew that were saved, I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, every single person that is on that list, you know that list, I know that list, I have that list, other people have that list, in the name of Jesus, Father, any of those that are Christians that are backslidden, that are no longer close to you, bring them close again, Father, forgive them of their sins in the name of Jesus, and after I pray for them, then what I do is I kind of walk around the world. And you, be, you might be like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what I do is I like, I'm at, I think to myself, because I have a pretty good idea where most of them live. 
know what I mean? Like I know Sister Amar lives over in Majorca, which is off of Spain. I know Brother Jamil over in Belgium. I know, you know, Sister Paula, she's in Gros, France. You know, uh you know, I and 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 then uh you know, Sister Haley, she's over in uh the UK. I know all the members of her family by their first names. I've talked to many of them. You know, this just ministry stuff over twelve years, you know. And so and then of course my daughter and her husband, then her husband's dad, and then my ex wife, and then her her parents, and I pray for all of them, and then I, I you know, and Reverend Tracy Shellman and I pray for the forgiveness of anybody that's ever hurt me or tried to do just absolutely horrible things to me. I lift up to the Lord, and I beseech him to forgive them. I ask the Lord to turn all the guns red hot. If any Christian in the world lifts up a gun to use it, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will turn it red hot, and it will burn their hands, and they will know that the Almighty God has spoken in Jesus' name. I pray that constantly, because I know the guns are going to send a lot of otherwise good Christians to hell because they misinterpret the Scripture so awfully. And it's just, oh, it's just one of my greatest sadnesses. Really great sadness. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, but I walk, or I, I imagine each, I kind of like have a sequence, you know, um, and I and I walk it through, you know, almost like, you know, I say, it's like I'm looking at the United States, and I know that so-and-so lives in Georgia, and I know that so-and-so lives in North Carolina, and I know that so-and-so lives in Jacksonville, and I know that so-and-so lives up in Pennsylvania, and I know that so-and-so and so-and-so lives in Michigan, and I kind of like in my, in my mind, I kind of like move across the world, and I and I pray for the people over in Europe that that have asked for prayer. The people over in Australia, and I, and I, and then I ask the Lord, please, Father, if there's somebody that I may have forgotten or slipped up on, please bring them to my recollection. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I need to pray for Elena, or oh yeah, I need to pray for Sister Susan, or oh yeah, I need to pray for, you know. And then I go back into prayer, back into prayer, because the Holy Spirit, like a, like I don't know, you know, like you just. They, the names start to pop in your head, and then you just pray for them, pray for them, and pray for them, and you know. And I do that every single. I all it's constant, constant every single day, every single day. Um, well, oh, you know, there may be, you know, if I have a really super bad night of sleep or something because of an absolutely unbelievably evil toxic day. Uh, there have been a few times where I slept in a little bit, and then I would just, I would still pray, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be, you know, the full thing. You know, it would be an abbreviated version of prayer. Still strong prayers, but nevertheless, not as comprehensive. Um, but for the most part, I try to do the whole comprehensive prayers, all of them, for everybody, almost every single day. And um, and I love it. I love it. I feel, you know, I kind of feel like what if somebody's praying for me and I'm not praying for them you know I actually think about that I think to myself how wrong of it would be would it be for me to be okay with other people praying for me but I don't pray for them I you know I just that bothers me I think it should bother all of us Certainly is what the scripture indicates. I read that to you before on other shows. 
that one that Sister Nancy shared with me one time, because we prayed for years for one another. Now, we still pray for one another every day, and we always check in with each other to find out what's going on, how are things going, because she went through some really hard times. I'm not going to get into the details, but she did. And there's been a few, or at least one, it comes back sometimes, and you got to stay on it. But I assured her, I told her that, you know, you don't have to ever, you don't, you don't have to say, please, you know, pray for me because, you know, as far as her and I are concerned, she's praying for me all the time and I'm all and I'm praying for her all the time. And I know what her problems are. I know she you knows she's specific enough to let me know exactly what, you know, for the most part, what's going on. And then I know how to pray much more effectively. Similarly, she does the same thing for me. You know, what's going on? What's going on? You know, what could, how can I pray? What, what? you know, I feel like you need more prayer. You know, I, I, I you know, that kind of thing. And, I, and that's really how the body of Christ is intended to work. We are to be supporting one another in our prayer. It's all over the Bible. I love this one that she gave me, 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord and cease to pray in ceasing to pray for you. Whoa. That's pretty heavy stuff. I think that was the 70s popping out of me a little bit that what how does that go he's he, he, something uh it's kind of heavy man it's uh you know and courtship of Eddie's father people let me tell you about my best friend <laughs> really showing my age no doubt about it you remember remember um remember Mr. French <laughs> if you re, if you know who Mr. French was and Buffy if you know who they are, then you – what about Mr. Green Jeans? Remember him? Dancing Bear. Who knows – whatever happened to Dancing Bear? I always liked Dancing Bear a lot. Well, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go into communion. That I eagerly yearn for this supper, and that it suffers so its children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be torn. So they did not understand the reach of his plan. In his love, we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gathered from memory. The glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to plead to the heavenly court. You lifted the cup of forgiveness 
It was paid, it was done, you had power to call, and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as the heaven exploded in shame. We were freed from our chains, now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering of our soul, destroyer of death. By the time we remember, all scars will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride. When our waiting has ceased. you. You are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue, there is anything praiseworthy. Meditate upon these things. Titus 1, 15. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, From me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. 1 Timothy three sixteen. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Praise God. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for you having so much love and so much grace and so much mercy that people who don't deserve it, not at all, can come to you. We thank you, Father. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will cleanse us of all all of our transgressions, all of our sin. For we acknowledge your transgressions, Father. Our, we acknowledge that we've sinned and we, we acknowledge that we have iniquity. We, we just don't always know it. Against you, Father, and you only, we've sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless. Blameless when you judge. 
Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother's conceived me. My mother. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, Father, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with hyssop, and we shall be clean. Wash us, Father, and we will be whiter than snow. Make us hear joy and gladness that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sin. Blot out all of our iniquities, Father, please. Create in us a clean heart. A clean heart. Renew in us a steadfast and determined spirit, Father, to serve you and love our neighbors and demonstrate the joy and love of Jesus to people who are hurting and afraid. Restore to us, Father, the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your generous spirit so we will teach other people your ways. And Father, please deliver us from the guilt of our past sins that our tongues will sing aloud with joy of your righteousness. For you, Father, are so awesome, so loving, so forgiving, so you're everything to us. We love you. 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 Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that on the same day, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Praise you, Lord. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lodoti, Lodoti Li. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. That's awesome.
And I know you will be wherever I go. Jesus. Father, we are the sons of God, we are the masters of the devil, and we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up symbolically before you a golden cup of forgiveness, and we pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Sometimes, Father, it's... Oh, Lord... Father, we hold up this golden bowl of forgiveness and we pray in Jesus' name that you will pour it out upon the lands of North America. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They know not what they do. Father, forgive the church for they know not what they do. Father, forgive the people, I should say, in the church buildings for they know not what they do. Father, forgive the pastors and the preachers For so many of them do not know what they do by leaving out the whole story. Father, forgive those who are on the seven mountains, we pray in Jesus' name. Pour out the golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of your people. Father, we pray that you will pour out your golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of those who believe it's okay to use guns. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive the seeding evil that runs Babylon the Great and is running the entire West, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, the United States, Canada. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will forgive the peoples of those lands. We praise you, Father, and thank you for awakening those who are being awakened, for that is a show of mercy beyond measure. 
We praise you, Father God, for the things that are happening that are freaking people out. We praise you, Father God, for the videos that have been released of the reptilian features of the entity that refers to itself as Kamala Harris. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to understand that the CEO of Pfizer is also a serpent, a fallen seraphim, an entity of darkness. We thank you, Father God, for the blatant blatant showing of the Satanism on the Grammy Awards so that more and more people could become outraged and turn to you. We thank you, Father, for the the futility of the earnest attempts of the uh, new Republicans in the House of Babylon the Great, attempting to use the Twitter files to bring justice, knowing that it is highly likely, if not guaranteed, that they will hit a brick wall and it will all be for naught. We praise you, Father, for helping us to be able to see that these are the days of judgment that have come upon the earth and that it is so deserved and that other people are waking up and asking questions and wondering why, because things are so out of whack. We praise you, Father. At midnight, we will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the people that are innocent, the people that maybe are innocent by virtue of ignorance, by, or perhaps they're ignorant by virtue of how badly they've been taught in the, in the church buildings, or perhaps are ignorant because of their allegiance to individuals and humans and people that they think are anointed, but they don't understand. Father, we just Lift them all up before you. We lift up the people that are hurting, the people that are downtrodden, the people in Guatemala, the people in the Honduras, the people across Central America. We pray, Father God, for all of these. We lift up the people that are under extreme persecution. It hasn't maybe not hit exactly in every single home yet, but it's coming in the realm of the entity that refers to itself as Trudeau. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your people. We pray in the name of Jesus for those who may have been called, and I believe have been called, by you, but perhaps did not respond to the call to the level that you had written in their books. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your forgiveness to fall upon these lands. We pray in the name of Jesus for your forgiveness to touch all of the lands of Central America, all of the lands of Mexico, all of the lands of North America, all of the lands of Canada, Alaska, Hawaii, even Bermuda. Father, we pray that you will pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all. Father, forgive them. And as a royal priesthood, in the name of Jesus, we confess of their sins before you, Father. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for forgiving them. We praise you for forgiving them. We need a breakthrough and we pray for them. 
to touch them, to awaken them, to bring them to a place of holiness with a contrite spirit to seek you as the tax collector. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need that righteousness. We need that holiness to fall and awakening upon your bride. Raise her up, Father God. Father, don't let the people sitting in the, the building churches continue to stagnate there and, and, and be nothing but a bunch of huggers. and and Oh, Lord Jesus, please awaken the people. Awaken the people. The time is now. The darkness is risen. It is time for your light to rise. It is time for your light to rise. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for your forgiveness to fall upon them, even if but for a time that we can have a breakthrough. Any of the American Christians that think that they can raise a weapon, a gun of any type, Father, in the name of Jesus, turn it red hot. Burn their hands. Show your love for them and show them that God says no. Father, we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of North America in the name of Jesus for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered upon the lands in Jesus' name. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Babylon the Great, Canada, Mexico, and Central America, we come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We declare fire of God to shoot down from the heavens and to burn you in a screaming agony. Fire swords of cherubim to cut you in the pieces in the name of Jesus. And we declare warrior angels fully clad with the armor of God. Diamond tipped sword sharp as razor blades to descend upon you and to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb and wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, strong men, come forth. Subordinate spirits, come out now in the name of Jesus Christ. We command it. We cast you into the pit. Enter them no more. We decree in the name of the Lord Jesus for an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon these demons of darkness to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb. Place them under arrest and cast them into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony in the name of Jesus, making a public spectacle of them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We plead your blood, Lord Jesus, to seal that pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seal. Father, give us the time we need to break through. We praise your holy name and we thank you. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them on all sides, Job 1.9. In Jesus' name, let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. Father, we pray for the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to enter into their heart, their mind, their soul, their spirit. Touch them, Father God. Fertilize the soil therein that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray, please send an innumerable company of angels of light and of love light and love. Lord Jesus, we also pray that your presence, omnipotent one, Father, send angels, send the presence of Jesus, Lord, we ask you, to come upon these people, Lord. So many of them are good, but they just don't understand. And all we need you to do is touch them, as it says in Job 33, 14, and 15. 
just touch them in their dreams and their visions of the night. Vivid dreams, vivid visions. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will reach your holy hand out to them and call them by their name. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you will raise up the bride of Jesus Christ across this world. Raise up the bride, the true bride. Not those who believe it presumptuously, but those of us that have a contrite spirit and desire more than anything to serve you. Raise us up, Father. In Jesus' name we pray that that we may glorify you and destroy the works of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray, and we praise your holy name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, also, in Jesus' name I pray for every single listener of this program, whether they are listening live, whether they are listening on a podcast, if they are going through difficult times, many of us are, difficult times, times of trouble, times of uh, you know families breaking up, things that are out of their control, We understand that you are separating people. You are protecting your people from the things that are about to come upon the earth, and you're moving people to different places and shuffling things around. We understand that these things are happening, but sometimes they can be awful traumatizing, and sometimes they can result in exceedingly difficult challenges in our lives. And, Father, we pray for your peace to enter their heart. Lord Jesus, we ask for the peace that passes all understanding to just engulf, to just hug our hearts through your heart, through your heart, and merge it with ours in light and love. Fill us with trust. Fill us with peace. Help us to understand that you are right there with us. Allow Joshua 1.9 to become who we are. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed. For you, our Father, the Lord thy God, will be with us wherever we go, always and forever. Father, I pray for you to open doors that you want to have opened and slam shut the doors that you do not. Separate us far from the evil one and allow us to serve you. Let us contend together. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. I have a probably the, one of the hardest weeks of my life ahead of me. And I sure would appreciate prayers. And to be specific, please pray that I am allowed to depart my current employer in peace. They're very litigious. litigious. They're evil. I, you know, I it's a toxic, unbelievably toxic, evil environment. And it's unsafe. It's very unsafe. I could go into details. I'm not going to do that, I don't know, but I will say please, if you can please remember me in prayer this week because after 12 years of watching 
a wonderful group of professionals work together and do some incredible things. I have got to go. And the Lord has opened doors for me to do so. I could go through the whole detail of every little part of the testimony. I've shared some of it already. But this is not going to be easy for me. Because I tend to be an incredibly loyal person. To a fault. And the steps that I'm going to take go against... They're just not what I like to do. I like to stretch things out and be helpful and all that kind of stuff and, you know, depart on good terms, never burn bridges, you know, lots of notice, lots of helpfulness, you know, but this is a toxic environment. It's dark and that's putting it lightly. Today I was actually... No, it was yesterday I was I was on a meeting with some senior leaders that were pushing me very hard to lie on a report and to throw a client under the bus, if you know what I mean. And I maintained my ground, and I told them I would not do it. I told them I will write the report the way that it needs to be written, and if you want to change it, you can change it. That's how bad it's become. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So thank you for your prayers. I am praying for you. I pray that we all pray for each other. The days are really challenging. I think they're going to get worse. And that's okay. Because the Lord thy God is with us, whithersoever we go. Praise his name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint and touch us all. Protect us. Help us to fall even more in love with you than we already are. Amen. Next Friday, folks, I don't know what's going to happen. That's kind of like (laughs) D-Day, if you know what I mean. Um, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be, I don't know. I'm just going to have to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for praying for me. God bless you. I'm praying for you, too. Good night. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners that the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your grace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Right on me, 